0: today. We're joined by Dan Ziegler, who is the transformation advisor, the head of his own company, Daniel Ziegler Company. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Heads in the Cloud with your host, David Portnowitz and John Roth. Welcome to today's episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Porkevitz, and I'm
1: John Roth.
0: And we are joined by a very special guest today. We're joined by Dan Ziegler, who is the transformation advisor, the head of his own company, Daniel the Daniel Ziegler Company. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: No, thank you, guys. I'm uh, so excited to be a part of this today. Welcome, and, Dan, and you're in
1: uh, you're in Southern California. So you said the weather is gonna blustery out there. So is a day you're not going to take your yacht out.
2: It's a day I'm right. definitely not taking my yacht out, and uh, and and uh, also a day that I, I'm hopefully my roof stays on. So. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> well, if the wind's blowing that hard, then I suggest you definitely stay stay inside. Yes, I think yes, I, I would exactly. agree with John on that one. <laughs>
1: stay in port. Stay in port, my friend. Exactly.
0: exactly. So so Dan, you've been in and around the star to star world for the past couple three two or three years with a former partner of ours, and then you left and started your own business what are you up to now what are you doing and and sort of how you know how are you staying inside the UC space
2: yeah you know um i basically i i left and a former partner of yours a company called Reambig and uh it wasn't out of any um spite or anything like that it just wasn't something that aligned from a, a business model perspective and one of the things i didn't want to do is force my business model on them and so what we did is i I'm also a certified teacher, speaker, and coach for the John Maxwell Company, and nice. I have a leadership tools and team building exercises, communication skills, and then on top of that, I don't know if you're familiar with DISC behavioral mm-hmm. uh, assessments. I am also a DISC consultant as well, so I can I issue DISC assessments, give those companies those things. But stepping it back, I've been in technology sales for quite some time, going on 20 years now, and. Um, one of the things that I noticed within the enterprise space and in the IT world was this idea that um, we we need something to solve our problems. And the problem really always stemmed from isolating trouble or finding trouble. And some of the things that I was focusing on during those days was network performance monitoring. and but you always network issues came in a couple of ways. It could be your network, it could be your uh, it could be your application. it could be the it could be the actual data. it could be a server related issue. and all four of those that I just mentioned are four different teams dealing with those things, and so everybody was always looking for a tool that could say it wasn't my problem, and so that they could eliminate finger pointing and doing those things. And so one of the things I, I looked at is even as i was starting to sell, um, UCAS solutions, is we're doing the same thing. We're trying to get tools that help improve communications and collaborations within an organization to help unify teams and bring about team um infrastructure uh, you know solid team building and performance expectations but then we miss on the skills building side of it and so i came up with this idea because we love acronyms in this industry is you know unified communications actually has a culture and it's learning how to bridge the two tools to, the tools and the technology uh, and, and the skills all together and creating a culture of coll- communications and collaborations And so that's what I've started launching in some of the things is now not only going in as an advisor to advise on where their needs are in terms of their communications, but also advising on where they are in terms of the skill building sets and, you know, and then using the tools like starting out with DISC. I mean, behavioral awareness is a great tool for starting in some of those areas. And so that's what unified communication as a culture is all about. It's really advising organizations on the right tool for what they need, but also now matching it with some skills to help them leverage those tools that they just put in.
1: Yeah, Let me ask you a question on that, just so I understand. Uh, do you go in actually uh, to clients or to partners with that uh, methodology?
2: No, no, I would actually go into the physical uh, client themselves. And okay. so, and, and it may be, uh, I went in under the uh, going in as just, hey, we need some team building skills. And then I'll say, well, what kind of tools are you currently using today then? As part of your communication collaboration. Well, we, you know, so then I can get down the path of, you know, is it You know, is it a physical solution that you have today? Are you doing a cloud based solution? What is the solution that you got implemented today? And then we can start talking down those paths as well.
1: Okay. Thank you. So
2: it gives you kind of the two-way street. I could go in from a, just purely looking at it from a technology's perspective, or I could look at it purely from a skills, but then I try to bring it all together.
0: Okay. I love the UC as a culture. I think that's fantastic. I I saw that right on your website. I, I wanted to know a little bit more about that. So when you go in to the customer and 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 they, are they implementing a new system or is it before they implement, um, you know, sort of how, how does that go about, how, or sort of type me through your process of going in like what, what does that look like
2: well you know in terms of you know again selling a, any type of technology solution that you're going out there the first question you're gonna ask is you know is do you currently have a cloud-based solution in place today and and what and do you what does that look like and um you know, the customer say, yeah, I actually have some communication tools already in place. And and how's that being leveraged across the organization? And what does the adoption of that look like within it? And have you found improvement within your organization, ability to communicate, communicate and collaborate more effectively? And when you ask that final question, it's like, no, you know what, we're still dysfunctional, right? We're still not connecting as teammates. We're still not uh, we're still not accomplishing the goals and objectives that we're wanting, even though we're, we got all the tools in place. We're still not, I'm uh, not seeing a synergy that I need for productivity and performance and profitability. And so those are the things that, uh, then say, well, then let's start looking at building out some skill sets for your teams. And that's, and one of the, my first entry points in building out unified communications as a culture is, uh, the disc tool. And And it's not because it's. The disk it's not because it's like the uh, the answer to all your problems, but what it does is it establishes a baseline for human behavior within your organization that you can begin to build from. Because what the disk assessment does is it tells us, how you, how you function within that given environment, what your strengths and your abilities are. And it tells you because of your profile, this is how you interact with other people so that now you can start to address some of the things that maybe have been gaps for you and being able to connect with other people within the organization. And so that's that's kind of the thought process and how we walk customers through that.
1: That makes a lot of sense. You're looking at the personality as well, yeah, kind of look at personality profiles of, of what they're using, what type of uh, you know personality they have, and then how you can actually help uh, increase their skill set so they can be more involved and um, you know be a part of that that culture.
2: Right, exactly. Are
1: so you on the as, I, as, as we were just mentioning about me and I have to print paper off <laughs> to actually at notes compared to trying to read a you know a document online. That's just that, that's just my personality. That's that's who I am. That's how and, I learn. And Exactly. You look at those kind of, kind of things. Okay. Excellent. And then what I would do is
2: I would learn that because I understand that about you. Now I know how I need to talk to you, right? And right. first thing is, is maybe I send you a detailed expo- notes before we get started so you can print it out and we can now we, both you and I can yes. collaborate better together.
1: I'm not a smart man. So you <laughs> got to make it very simple. Just ABC, yeah. you know. No, doggy
2: you still apply the bunny. kiss
1: method, huh? <laughs> yeah, doggy, piggy, bunny. Exactly. <laughs> that it simple. So, um, are
0: are you going into the customer trying to tell them that you're going to help increase their productivity, or you know what is the incentive for the customer to to bring you in and have you evaluate and do these evaluations? And like, are they trying to learn about their employees and how and how their UC system can be better utilized by them, so it, thus increasing productivity and and, and sort of cooperation amongst everyone using it? Or, you know, what is, what is that end goal for that customer?
2: Yeah, I think it goes back to the things you just said. It's really about performance, productivity, and profitability because of okay. all those things are being fun. Yeah, and those are the things that we look at, you know, going in and and again, if they have an existing PBX infrastructure in place, it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing, right? It just means that, okay, how is that tool, tool working for you today? And really beginning to advise them on some, and walking them through, I mean, what is it? One of the things I've always loved, I, I use the word advisor because I'm not an opinion person. I'm not coming in to give you my opinion because opinion leads to constructive. It can, leads to can lead to criticism, whereas advising says I'm going to listen, actively listen to what you have to say so that I can actually help you out along the way. And so that's what I do is I go in and I'm, I'm going to listen to. I'm going to ask you some questions that are going to help me draw out information from you. And I'm going to help be able to better advise you on what how we're going to get you to more Profitability, performance, and uh, productivity within your organization.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that those three P's. We have we have three P's here at Start to Start, but they're a little bit different. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's great. I think that's those are those are tremendous selling points for a lot of customers that are look if they're going to go out and and you know purchase a new UC system, they want to be able to make sure that they get the most out of it. And exactly, I think if you can come along, and provide those services at the at the right time. I think that's very very valuable um so I, I really really like that approach now are you working primarily with big customers small customers or does it not matter the size in the industry or, or is, it, is it is it anywhere or you know what's your obviously it's probably a little bit more difficult today than it may have been last year at this time with covid but um you know how, how is that how is that operating
2: yeah, I, I think I'm, you know, I found that kind of that sweet spot, spot within the mid-market range in terms of the size of the organization. Um, I, I do have, because I have old relationships from my history and some larger enterprise organizations, but when it comes to the actual selling of UCAS, the mid-market range, and being able to provide the unified communications as a culture, I find that that has kind of been the, the sweet spot. And again, you're looking, you know, again, with the shift of remote work and people working at home. Um, it's become even more imperative to really how do we facilitate this communications uh, and collaboration and really make sure that we're connecting with our organizations uh, is a big challenge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the remote work definitely has its pros and cons. I mean, I, I think that for UC companies, a lot of them have had growth in this time, which is, you know, you have to balance that with everything else that's going on. Um, but you know i think it's it's um it's one of those things where as a manager or someone who runs a tech support group or a sales staff you know it's hard to know the how much productivity you're getting out of your employees if they' you know if you can't see them all the time and i i know that that it's a little bit counterintuitive to the, to the products that we sell right i mean like we sell these solutions that you can work from home and you got to trust your employees but i think if you come in and do an evaluation and provide that feedback to an executive team and say, hey, look, you know, you've got, a, you've got a group here that can work from home, that is responsible, that, you know, or you've got, you know, four or five people here that really, they, they're going to struggle in this environment. I think knowing that information is incredibly valuable.
2: And I will tell you that one thing that you'll find is that the DISC assessment actually really does help you identify that. Yeah. Um, and so that and that is one of the areas that's why I use the tool and it's powerful. I think the other thing is, too, is it's also helpful for leaders because uh, leaders and managers over over these teams, um, they're uncomfortable even dealing with this. And so I, you know, some of the places I, I was dealing with a local university and uh one of the areas around that the manager had him on zoom calls 24 pretty much the whole eight hour day just because he needed to have visibility to make sure that they were working you know and it was like that old that methodology doesn't work when you're starting to distribute your workforce you know and if this is the and if this is going to be a trend moving forward then you're going to have to learn how to adjust your management style and really release your people to be productive and so you know part of that is going walking alongside even the leaders and managers within these teams to do that. Uh I,
1: I have a weekly call with my team for 30 minutes. And it, it actually, you know, I can see them, I can talk to them, and we probably have gotten more productivity out of my team during 2020 than I, I basically did uh previous years by running trying to run sales teams to be on conference calls. Yeah. I find that that having you know, right now we're in an environment where we have to be in and a work from home environment, but we need to see and have that social interaction, which can only be done by video these days. And that's where a lot of I think a lot of companies kind of struggle of knowing, you know, I, I've gotta have my eyes on them all the time. And yeah. um it just doesn't work. I, I it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work no. for my team, but uh it might work for others, but uh I don't know, that's kind of stressful environment to be in.
2: No, it is. It, and like and you've seen in the uh, latest polls and the, is actually the productivity is actually increased for many organizations because people do have the freedom to kind of work at their own pace without somebody kind of looking over their shoulder, you know, and especially in those cases. Yeah. And they know how Absolutely. to, you know, but then there's those that obviously do struggle with it. So you, you're able to identify those and then you're able to work with them on that.
1: Well I think that's part of what your 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 program does you go and identify who's have, having struggles with it and yep. you know try to get them to, to basically uh, you know try this out try this out for 20 days just trying it and uh, exactly it's an old exactly. old fact if you try things for 20 days then it's that's get to do a habit of doing it <laughs> and you feel get more comfortable you know it becomes a daily routine and right. Uh, right. I know that you know when I work um, I get up very early in the morning uh, as I mentioned previously, I, I get up at really early in the morning, and uh, <laughs> I get a lot of work done before the day starts. I mean, David has emails for me sometimes at four thirty-five o'clock in the morning, and he—he's probably he's shaking his head right now in our in our <laughs> video meeting. Shaking his head, like what how time do we, you go to bed, John. You go to bed <laughs> like eight? <laughs> no, I go to bed. I go to bed about ten, about ten or ten thirty, and I yeah. get up early. i you know, that just that's just me but yeah it works for us because he'll respond back at his normal 8 9 o'clock in the morning and right uh, it's just it's being comfortable of having your own work zone because if i had to wait until okay i've got to go in the office i gotta be there by nine you know i i lose the creativity part because i'm i'm more creative i'm better at um at my my energy level is higher at that early morning hour. Yes, most people aren't working. Right. Now, try to catch me at four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, you'll catch me, but I'm not quite as uh, sharp as I would be early in the morning. I don't yeah. know why I got off on that tangent, but I'll turn it back. To <laughs> Sorry.
0: So, so, Dan, let me let me take it back. So, you're also, in addition to doing these these, these assessments and, and going in there, you're also a coach, right? you you've got yeah. you're a certified coach. Um, talk a little bit about how the coaching comes into play with with, with in, within these organizations, and um, you know how does that factor into maybe even selling the technology, or you know how, where where does where does that mix happen?
2: Well, so when you come into, you know, most of the time, again, like I said, using a DISC assessment or something like that to get get things started, get rolling, it really helps to start to identify areas. And then once I'm able to identify areas, now I can start to make some, recommended, uh, some recommendations as to kind of like a, a growth plan or a growth strategy that we can start helping to improve the productivity and to pr- improve performance. And that performance can be individual performance, that could be team performance, You know, that can be leadership performance. And so what we'll do is begin to look at those things. And then the coaching of that is now saying in those areas where at, maybe we have some isolated cases, more it could be team exercise and team building and that kind of things where we're working together as a team, but the other side of it from a coaching perspective is now saying one-on-one or maybe working more specifically with the manager or the director or whoever it might be that's overseeing that particular group. And starting to walk with them, even on their own management and coaching them through that process so that they can become a more effective leader. And because uh, one of the things that I uh, so as a John Maxwell has one of his quotes is everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. And I, And I tell you, if you as a leader took that just as every morning, everything rises and falls on me today it would shape the way you're going to approach your day. It's going to shape the way you in, in, interact with the, the people that work for you. It's going to shape the way um, that you approach every, uh, all your decision-making. And so it, it really is a powerful thing because w- we teach that you learn to value people and you want to bring value to them. And so I, we take a very values-based leadership approach to everything that we're we'll bring to the table. And, and so that's kind of how I would help coach them through that because a lot of times, and it might be even just uh, sitting down with them and saying, "Hey, here's 52 values. Pick five of them, and we're gonna that's, we're gonna work on these five values, and you're gonna begin to master those in your in your life, and then how you're gonna bring that to the people that you interact with." And so those are the things that we look at.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, that, that that's super cool. I mean, it's really it's you know, it's such a needed thing right now. You know, I, 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 culture is so important to, to, to a successful work environment. Um, and I, I really like that approach and I like the way you're, you're going about it. And I think it adds a lot of value. I think those are the kinds of things that, um, companies are looking for I me. Mean, I think, I think they're super interested in how do they keep their employees motivated, engaged, and productive. Uh, yeah. and how does that obviously then turn into, turn into profit. Right. I mean, that that's, that's the end goal here i mean we're not we're not unfortunately we're not we're not working for charity or maybe for, i don't know <laughs> you can at it either way but um you know that that's that's kind of that's that's the world we live in right now
1: right, yeah, right. i think that's that's so important that the, the the culture that you live in and i think our cult, our culture as a company has changed uh david yeah. I mean, in in the last year and i think that we see that throughout organizations that their culture has changed and uh you know, and and if you if you're not if you're not changing, you're dying, so to speak. You yes. know, and so going forward as we go into 2021, uh, we know what's going to be better than 2020. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. I it it can't it can't
0: uh, possibly be any worse. So right, I mean, like it has <laughs> <to be>. just <laughs> by like the rule of like gravity. I mean, I feel like if once you go down, you got to go up. I mean, I think that's I think that's the only way it happens.
1: No, I agree. I agree. I think that's in your signature. Uh, in your emails in and now david It can't you know i'm not
0: a, i'm not a quote in the email signature person so i have to tell you that that's that's not my style but maybe if it was i think i would put something a more like life is short and hard like a bodybuilding elf
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that about the covid so i i think it's important we we look back and um have you identified any new practices that should be in place for maintaining security during the pandemic? Have you identified anything from last year that you're sharing with your clients this year or things that are happening? You know, and all, that security?
2: Yeah. I mean, are you just talking about anything beyond social distancing? Or are you actually yeah, talking about yeah, tools? I'm
1: not talking about in the in the work environment, such as, you know, are there different uh techniques now for for uh you know phishing ransomware? yeah yeah like So like that. that so yeah
2: no i think you know one of the things that when we're talking to them I, is a lot of companies it's interesting um you know security has always been one of those areas that people look at it they deploy it and yet I think a lot of people have struggled with the adoption and not really fully understanding what a a security solution really looks like within the organizations. And then there's those that just, you know, say it could never happen to me, so we just don't do it, you know. And uh, the first thing I always like to do is just to say, you know, hey, right now, I don't care who you are, someone is likely plotting against your company, right? Yep, yep. Right now, someone is plotting against your company, and if you took that approach, what is the best solution that you could implement right now to begin to start protecting your organization? And I think cloud-based security solutions are the answer. To um, I
1: really I, I, we've heard that with uh, other people who have had on the podcast. It, it, it's not. It's not actually. You know, if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. It, is right. It will happen, and, and you know, companies have basically budgeted money aside. Just for those circumstances where it uh, kind of an insurance policy. So, um, what are you doing to help those those companies basically, you know, be prepared for that? How, how do you how do you address that with them? Because it's one of those, you know, you become you're an advisor, you're advising of this, but you're also, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of a you have an IT person that says they're not going to get through my firewall. Well, you yeah. know, the answer is that, yes, they will. They can. Um, we had someone on our podcast just recently talking about, you know, some data breaches that basically there was so much, there's so much information coming in that they saw it, but it was in such a, it, it, all the other mediums and the data and analytics that it wasn't caught until it was already over. Yeah. It, yeah. they, they saw it. You could see the where it came in but they couldn't stop it because they couldn't get to the the information quick enough to put a stop to it right how uh, how do you advise on that
2: well and like i said i you know again one of the things i do is i is really i begin to look at what is your security um team look like do you have the security experts in place to really be one is to help with the prevention one is also then the mitigation that should something actually happens. And then the resolution after that And then, And a lot of times you don't even see that they have the right security team in place. And, uh, and that's why, again, I, I really focus on, you know, security as a service and finding companies that can really bring that value because you've got a a breadth of security uh, assets that are already available to you that are monitoring your your network and your organization 24 seven 365. And I, you know, that's a costly proposition when you start to think about that for an organization to employ people to do that for them. Okay. And uh, so there's a human factor, and then there's a tools factor again, right? Uh, if you if we go back to talking the way everything that we have, there's a human element to it, and then there's actual physical tools that are necessary to help that. And then and then and then there's the education alongside that. Even with those, now that I've got these tools in place, do I have the people educated to really implement and manage these effectively for my organization moving forward? And like I said, if you're trying to look at an organization from a 24/7 perspective that's a very expensive proposition for employment. And so that's why the services really make a lot of sense, especially in a mid-market range, enterprises may have more, more scalability and, and uh, can do something like that. But again, even then they're they're still very vulnerable because you gotta be constantly educated on what's going on. I mean, one of the things about security is you gotta be aware of everything that's going on on a daily basis and it changes on a daily basis. Right. So again, what are you doing to keep your people educated on a daily basis to be aware? Of? But if I'm actually using security as a service, those people, that's what they do, is they're being, paying attention to what's happening every day on a daily basis.
1: Well, what do you think the loss would companies uh, endure? Let's say a mid-sized gutter. What would happen if they got the breach? Uh, and sorry, that's Kobe. He's uh, he's chiming along. That's my, <laughs> that's my, that's my Was there? Okay. Is there a breach
2: in your perimeter?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a squirrel, I'm sure. Yeah. So what, what would you say the losses to a company could be in the in the mid-sized range? And the second part of that is a two-part question is, you know, how much you know what, what could they lose? What's the average they might lose in a data breach? And then the other side of it is how many companies actually take your advice and go with it as opposed to going, you know what? I think we're going to be okay. Roll the dice. I'm a gambler. Right. Right. You know,
2: it, I will tell you that one of the things that I've learned, well, COVID, what is COVID anyways, it's a virus, right? <laughs> so, and, and look at the impact this virus has had, and it's not even a breach on an organization through some type of cybersecurity threat. And look at the companies that have gone out of business as a result of that virus because there wasn't, they didn't, maybe they didn't have a savings plan in place that prevented, that kept them so that they could keep operational for as long as uh, this virus is, has impacted it. So they had to end up folding their doors as a result of it. The cybers, these breaches that are happening with organizations, they can cripple an organization if they're not in a position to. And it, it depends on the size of the organization, obviously, and what, and, uh, and the depth of what it's, but a shutdown for anybody has a significant impact, and there is a cost, and you need to determine that cost in your head. What is the impact of a shutdown to my business? And that's the way we need to look at things. It's not a, what's the impact of a virus? What is the impact of a shutdown to my business?
1: Right, you, you know. I don't know. Basically, how long you could be down, not take- exactly.
0: Hey, John, I mean, John, it's the same. It's the same uh, kind of conversation we used to have with companies, and we would to talk to them about the benefits of the Starbucks, you know, when the, when star to first started, it's like, what, if you're down, what is that, what is the cost to your business of being exactly. down? You know, it's the same kind of conversation. It's just in a different area. now we're talking about security and breaching and, and, you know, you know, it's it just, there's as the original, original issue was internet bandwidth and, and downtime. Yeah. And now we're talking about security. There's similar challenges. And then there are technology solutions for all of them. Um, but you know, like you've said several times, it is a matter of, do you have the people, do you have the right processes, do you have the right culture in place to make sure that you're, you are ready for these kinds of um, interruptions to your, to your business and to your daily life. And, you know, a lot of companies, and we saw it very clearly with COVID. I mean, there is, there was no, like you mentioned, there's no greater example. I mean, companies were just not ready. Um, right. But com- start, companies like start a Star and others in our space and Zoom for all for all intents and purposes. I mean, like if you take it as an example, and it, you know, it it was ready. They cloud was ready, and it was able to. You know, as we heard from numerous people over the last year, we saw ten years of digital transformation in six months. I'm kind of tired of that quote by now, but it's it's sort of. But it you know it it is that it was it was what happened last year. Right, companies just did everything they could to get to the cloud as fast as possible. Get their workers remote. And they made a lot of decisions that they'll probably look back on this year and make, maybe make changes too because they were rushed into making decisions. And maybe they'll stick. A lot of them probably will because it's a pain in the butt to to have to un to, to unglue. Um, yes. But a lot of them will probably look and say, like, look, what is our long-term strategy? I think that's what you, where someone like you can come in and say, hey, look, here's what you did. Here's what I recommend based on where you are and your people that you have. And I think that is what a lot, you know, I, it's, just, it's just what companies are looking for right now they they want to they want to make the right decisions and they want to feel like they're that that they're you know validated by external third parties and they right. you know, they don't want to they don't want to make up they don't want to rush if they don't have to so i think it's all it's all good
2: yeah no i agree and i and i think you're spot on in, in, in what you're saying you know if if um you know, unfortunately, you know, it's our mental mindset, right? It's about way we approach things. I you know, I had a I had a heart attack at the age of 49 and I ended up having a triple bypass. I wow. could have done a lot of preventative things, probably ate a little better, exercised a little more, and did all those things to prevent it, right? And now I'm doing it hindsight right yeah. hindsight now i'm doing it and and the last thing you ever want to do as an organization is to be in what COVID's taught us is that we all are looking hindsight now right we're all saying the shoulda coulda woulda's and it hit us real quickly you know yeah. i should have done this i could have done this and, and if i had the opportunity i would have done this and it's like now now's your time to stop saying that and don't be caught again yeah. saying shoulda coulda woulda it's like yeah. let's look at it let's approach it let's deal with it and let's get started
0: And speaking of getting started, so where can people, if they want to go and they want to hear more and they want to, they want to understand a bit more about you and what you do, how do they get started with you?
2: Uh, You know, again, you can go to my website. It's uh, just www.danielzigler.co. And that's a, that's a great starting point. You know, my address, my email, everything is, is there in an organization to get started with me
0: there. And you're offering a a free one hour course. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So what I'm doing is for all your listeners today, I just thought I'd offer, again, I love to give back. And and that's just kind of the person I am. So I'm offering a free one hour virtual course on, and it's on one of the subjects that I would teach within an organization called Everyone Communicates, But Few Connect. It's a John Maxwell book. And and, uh, so I'm offering to an organization to do that for their team, a one hour virtual course uh, called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. I think that will end up being in the show notes uh, as an access point because I have a separate yep. landing page for that, but they can access that or they can go to my website and I'll have the link for that as well there. And uh, and they can get that.
1: We'll put that like, in our podcast, absolutely. So uh, it's been fascinating having you on, Daniel. Again, it's been, uh, I know you've had you on before and uh, so you're a, a two-timer. Right on. I'd like to have you back as a three-timer. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, sounds
0: good.
1: I I
2: appreciate it guys. I really do. I
0: really do. Yeah. Thanks Dan. We appreciate your time. Stay well, stay healthy, stay, stay away from people and, uh, and we'll hopefully see you again soon. So for this episode of Heads in the Cloud, David Kortnowitz.
1: And I'm John Ross.
0: And we'll see you next time.